So we make this confession today. I want you to just really get this in your heart. You're here on purpose. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're all here on purpose. And so let's say this together. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. You can be seated. Hallelujah. God is good. I got to move this podium over. You know, I'm not so particular, but I got to be right here in the middle. Somehow it makes me feel like I'm reaching everybody better. Uh, today we're starting a new series, and um, I'm very excited about this one because I felt like when God gave it to me, he said, take the house up. Everybody say, take the house up. And how many of you remember the movie Up? Did any of you see that? Where the man's house was going to be just destroyed, and he decided to relocate. And uh, he did it in a strange way, but he did get his house up. And uh, we're going to talk about several things, but when I first heard it was in the beginning of July when we had just started the other series, and uh, I didn't even know what August would bring. You know, sometimes we just have to take it day by day with God. You know, God isn't uh, trying to keep secrets from us, but he wants to reveal to us in ways that we trust him for the next thing. And I think it's very difficult in our lives, especially in the society we live in today where everything... Um, there's so much knowledge, you know, there's, everybody wants to know way ahead of time what's going to happen. I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit, but before technology knew how to do things, God knew a better way. Amen. And he put the Holy Spirit in us. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will direct us in all of our ways and he'll tell us things to come. It says that in John 16. And so as I heard this message, when I heard, take the house up, when God wants to take us up into a new arena, there will be change. Everybody say change. And some of you may say, oh, that's, this is silly, but I don't believe it is. We talked about doing a sound system way back, and we didn't do it. The way we finally arranged it, Buddy and his team came in on August 1st, and I felt like God was saying, I told you, we're going to take it up. Everybody say, take it up. Well, I thought yesterday, might as well take me up. Hallelujah, don't know if I could do this, you know, all these different sounds in my ears and all these new things. But God has taken us up. Everybody say up. And so our expectancy has to rise. Everybody say rise. And uh, as I was, when this all came to me, I was reading in my faith to faith, you know, all of you need to have some devotional or something that you're reading every day that takes you to the word of God. It's very difficult sometimes for people to read the word of God, but if that's a challenge, start with a devotional. In a devotional, there's always a scripture that's, that it's based on, and at least you'll learn one that day. And it may be the very thing you need for that day. Uh, I, I, you know, have that happen to me all the time. But this one actually became the message for this month. And it was Turn Up Your Hope. Happened to be on July 10th. And uh, I just was praying that morning, the morning before. And it says, you know, that's what I want to be. This is Brother Kenneth Copeland speaking. Running over with hope. Everybody say running over. Uh, the Bible talks about running over, you know, pressed down. Shaken together, running over. If we give, God will give back to us. God is a running over God. And it says, I want to dare to throw my whole life and everything I have into building a dream that comes from the heart of God. How many of you know that'd be a pretty good thing to put your focus on? And he says this. Now, this is the part that might be more difficult. I want to get out there so far that without God's help, I can't get back. That's the kind of dreaming God does. He shows us things so far out there. Uh, and our part is to know the timing of God as those things progress. But then he says this, um, he, fear of failure is dangerous. It will dominate you and stop you from dreaming. Because uh, if you've ever had mistakes in your life, that would intimidate you. But just the thought of something that's so big, because God is a big God. And God thinks big thoughts. But the Bible says the Holy Spirit will reveal those thoughts to us. It's just that by the time they get in our computer up here, something has to expand. You know, we don't have any uh, software for that yet, if you will, okay? Some of you will understand that. You know, no software to be able to figure out what that is that God's saying, but it's a day-by-day -day process. 
It's a day-by-day trusting God, learning to trust God in small things and then bigger things and then bigger things. And the more we trust him, the bigger the dream can be. Everybody say, I need to trust God. I need to. And so he goes on and he says, you go to the word that promises that those who wait upon the Lord shall run and walk and not faint or be weary. So even though it's a process, we're going to get to the end. We're going to make it all the way there. And this is the part that really spoke to me. And I believe we're going to talk a lot about this month is hope. Everybody say hope. Now this year, the Lord spoke a word to me that this was a year to increase in my faith. Well, faith is the substance of things hoped for. And so if there's no hope, there's nothing for faith to work with. And this is what it says. That's what hope is all about. It's a divine dream. It's an inner image that's bigger than you are because it's built on the promises of God. I want to say that again. It, it, I think I put that up there to be shown on the screen. Do you have it, Vicki? The one, it's a divine dream about hope. Yeah, let's put that up there because I want you to see what this says. It says, hope is a divine dream. It's an inner image that's bigger than you are because it's built on the promises of God. If you're writing it down, you might want to write it down or stick it in your phone. Because when I thought about that, I thought about some things that maybe my hope wasn't where it used to be in things that God had shown me. Uh, How many of you have a few things that, you know, maybe your hope is not stirred up as much as it used to be in that arena? And the enemy will make sure, you know, we talked about him last week. He's the thief that comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. He will steal your hope. He will steal those things from you that God has deposited in you for right now. And so as I was preparing this message, uh, I, this amplified version of this scripture in Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of your hope so fill you with all joy, which Kelly was talking to us about, and peace in believing through the experience of your faith. In other words, this hope, you know, through the experience of your faith, you're just going to be filled with joy and peace. That by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound and be overflowing, bubbling over. Look at your neighbor and see if they're bubbling. I don't know. (laughs) Bubbling. uh, Maybe we should get a bubble machine, you know. And when I read this, bubbles go up. You know, people are all about, you know, being able to see things. I might might get me a bubbly machine and play it while I preach these messages. The overflowing, bubbling with hope. Everybody say hope. That means that, you know, your countenance, everything about you is just excited, bubbling over with hope that, you know, this expectation I have that God's going to do something is just causing me to walk in joy. And the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And believe me, you're going to need it for a big dream. You will need strength to accomplish a big dream and not the kind of strength that we think about like going to the gym. This is about exercising your faith. Everybody say exercising. You know, a lot of people are exercising today, but, you know, they get in trouble and they just have big muscles and that won't help you. The devil doesn't even care if you have big muscles. He cares if you have big faith. That's going to be a problem for the enemy against your life. And so um, these, were the, these were the words that the Holy Spirit gave me um, to, to use a hot air balloon as an example. A hot air balloon, I had never thought of this before, have no desire to get in a hot air balloon, think they're pretty when they float over, but uh, I, I have no desire, so I don't even think about them. But instantly I heard there's a fire in there. There's a fire in a hot air balloon, and it's what gets it off the ground. Everybody say, we have the fire. We have the fire. Jesus came to baptize us with the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen? And, it, and I felt like God said, just put those up as a reminder that you're going up. Taking the house up. And it's not going to be by might, not going to be by power, nor by the Spirit. I mean, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of God. This isn't something you're all going to be able to practice. This is something that comes from the inside out. And so it's a stirring up of your faith. But you can't stir up faith if you don't have any hope. Hope is very important. And when I look at the world today, I think, boy, there's not a lot of hope in the news. There's not a lot of hope in the things that we see. But really, if you're a believer, you know the end of the story. 
we know what's coming. It'll get darker and darker and darker, but we get brighter and brighter and brighter. So we have hope. We, we have hope. We don't grieve as the world grieves because we have hope. We know our destination. So hope is very important. And I, when I was first um, saved, uh, I went through two divorces. I was by myself. Some of you already know this, but um, I was pretty much hopeless that my life was going to turn out the way I wanted it. My dream, my only dream, my dream was never to do this. My dream was to be a mom and a wife. That was my dream. That's why I didn't go to college when everybody said I should. I got married at 18. Everybody go, oh, boy. Yeah, I was very young, but I just thought I knew this is, what, this is all I want. I don't want to be, I don't want to get a college degree in, in music. I don't want to be a music. I mean, I had dreams of, I mean, I play the piano and stuff, but I didn't have that aspiration. Those were, that was my dream, to be a mom and to be married, and that was it. Well, when all that fell apart... And then I thought, well, the answer is just get married again. That'll help. How many? How many months? That's stupid. That's just stupid. And uh, I was stupid, so I did it. And you know, and, and then and then I got in another mess. And I messed up a lot of other people along the way because of me being in a mess. How many have ever done that? So my hopelessness was. I mean, I knew who I was. I know how. I messed it up, so I thought, this is hopeless. It isn't going to get any better. Now what do I do? I have three little kids, and I'm by myself, and who's going to help me? How many of you ever thought that? Somebody out there surely going to help me. That's what's wrong with the world, and don't get me started. So I'm not even going to go there because I was a single mom, and I didn't have any help, and I worked, and I, my, we did have some things we had to go through, but God got me through, not a welfare system. I'm not opposed to welfare if it helps you for a little bit. But it's not supposed to help you for a lifetime. It is not a lifestyle. Amen? God is bigger than that. He is much bigger than that. And we have a serious problem. And i got to get off this because I'm really going to get in trouble. Okay, so as I was by myself in Tulsa, moved away from all my family by myself with three kids, I thought, you know, this is even more hopeless, God. Why would you send me out here? But I knew I got saved. God told me to go there. It was a divine thing. I don't have time to tell you today. But after I got out there, I thought, surely this isn't right. And somehow I got a hold of this psalm. And it said in Psalm 13, this isn't even back there with you, Vicki, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And God gave me that scripture. And I began to hang on to that scripture. Just above it, it says... Um, that when your family isn't there, God will take care of you. And I thought, well, God better because there's going to be a real disaster. I mean, and they were first, third, and fifth grade. They were not big kids. And I was by myself, and I went to work at ORU. From there, God just took me to himself, and he changed my life. And the scripture at the beginning of that is verse 4, and this became my heart. This is when all my desires changed. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And that's when I believe God took my life and took it where he wanted me to go. Which, from a youngster, I played the organ in the church. I was always doing things in the church. And I knew there was something there, but I didn't know what it was. I believe today so many people think they're okay, and they're going to church, and they don't know Jesus. They know about Jesus but they have no root in them to get them where they need to go. And they have no hope because our hope is in him. The Bible says Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's Colossians 1.27. That was another scripture gave me, God gave me. And as I was preparing this message, I got over into Colossians 1.15 and 16. And this is, this is what it, it says in Colossians 15 and 16, which I, I think we need to... Look at, he is, Jesus, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And now that him is in you. So where is God going to create in the earth? Where is he going to create from? He's going to create from us. Turn to your neighbor and say, 
He's done everything he's going to do. He has done everything. Jesus lives in me, the hope of glory. And that's why when I go and pray, no different for you. If you went and spent time praying, I promise you, God will talk to you. He may talk to you through a devotional, but, but he will talk to you. And when he talks to you, he talks to you to create in you. The word has power to change you. So when he talks to you, he creates in you life. That's what the Bible says. His word is a living thing. It changes you from the inside out. So everything that God did in me, he did through the inside of me. I wanted to go to Bible school. I wanted, after I knew what I wanted to be and to live all my life for Jesus, I thought, now I got to get started. I got to get somebody to teach me. And God said to me, you will be taught by me. And, well, what, was it, what is he going to do with me? I have three kids. I'm single. I'm by myself. And I can't go to college tomorrow. Wanted to by then. But God taught me. Everybody say, God will teach you. Now, I don't know everything. I'm not a theologian. But I do know this. God will take care of you. And Jesus will make a way for you where there is no way. Absolutely. No doubt. If you're sick, he'll heal you. He healed me so much so that when I came back from Tulsa, after that year I spent there with the Lord, he changed me so completely it changed who I looked like. My sister will be glad to supply you with pictures of me before and after. She used to get them out and say, look what God can do. This, if I'd go to preach, she'd tell people in Mexico, this isn't her. I know her. I slept with her for years. We were raised in the same house. This is not her. She can't even write a good poem. Because uh, God gave me a poem, and I was giving it to people. She said, I just want to tell you, it's not her. It's God. Okay, Pam, come ahead and share. She goes and sits down. <laughs> it's true. Everybody say it's true. I don't mind that introduction because I take no credit for anything that I would do because Jesus in you will do it. Amen? Whoever you are here today, whatever your dream, whatever God begins to tell you you can do, don't look back, look forward. And God will do it in your life. Now, um, faith is the substance. Hebrews 11.1 1, is the substance of things hoped for. So if there's nothing hoped for, faith has nothing to work with. The evidence of things not yet seen. You know, I was thinking about Abraham. Uh, you know, he was, he was amazing. I mean... Uh, if you really think of the story of Abraham and, and Sarah, I mean, being promised that he'd be the father of multitudes, um, that he would have a son uh, when he and his wife had no children. Uh, Sarah was barren. They were old when God told them that. Um, you know, I'm not even that old yet. I mean, they were old. And uh, so, you know, they were promised a child. So, you know, if you get old, you can really identify with this. Wow, that is really a big miracle. Uh, to have a baby at almost 100, I mean, really, seriously, God had to do something. Everybody said God had to do something. And so when it talks about Abraham, this is what it says. And I, and I believe we, we need to think about this. It says, uh, therefore, in verse 16 of Romans, I'm going to read Romans 4. Therefore, it is a faith. So if there's faith, something has to be hoped for, that it might be according to grace. That's God's ability to do it, not ours, so that the promise... Everybody say the promise might be sure to all the seed for not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are faith of Abraham. That would be us. We have faith. We're not under the law. We're in the dispensation of grace. Who is the father of us all? As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. See, he believed. Everybody say he believed. So his hope brought forth faith which was his belief, became real. He believed what God told him. And it says, as God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Everybody say, that's faith. That's faith. But there has to be something hoped for to get to this place. And so it goes on and it says, who contrary to hope, in hope, believed. Did you follow that? There wasn't a hope, so contrary to what couldn't be, he still hoped. How many of you are in that place today in some things that God's spoken to you? Contrary to hope, 
in hope he believed. Through, his, through hope, in hope he believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And he saw the fulfillment. He saw the fulfillment. But he had to do something. Everybody say he had to do something. So he first had to hope. And because he hoped, then his faith had something to hold on to. And through that faith, what God told him came to pass. Now, he had a little hiccup along the way. I don't have time for the story today. But he got ahead of God. How many of you have ever gotten ahead of God? I did it my way. Oh, boy. Bad, bad choice. But when you do it God's way, things begin to fall into position. And that's what happened. Um, I want to read you one other scripture here. It's in Romans chapter 8. And this is what it says. For we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. Everybody say, if I can see it, I don't have to hope for it. In other words, hope that is seen, things that are seen, there's no hope that goes with that. But then it says, for why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Everybody say that word perseverance. How many of you know that's not a very nice word? How many of us love not only to say, I'm going to have to persevere. That means there's going to be obstacles that come against us that say, this is never going to happen. And uh, it goes on to say, now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. That's the Holy Spirit. And then what Aaron read earlier, and we know, everybody say, we know. Turn your neighbor and say, do you know? It says, we know that all things work together for good. I love that amplified. I don't have it up here, but for good to those who love God. Could I see your hand if you love God today? Okay. Um, to those who are called according to his purpose. How many of you know you're called according to his purpose? Every hand should be up. Everybody get your hand up. Whether you believe it or not, I'm ordering you. Get your hand up. God says you have a purpose. Amen? Everybody say, I have a purpose. You know, if you won't identify with it, you'll never get it. You know, if, if you don't want what God has, don't worry about it. You won't have it. If you want what God tells you, all things are possible to him who believes in God. Amen? I've got my hand up. Whatever's coming, give it to me. I, I'm first, I want to be in line to get it. I don't want to have to say, well, I don't know. You know, everybody else says that, but it's never worked for me. Poor you. Get out of self-pity. Okay, I'm moving on. You know, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing good about babying somebody or agreeing with somebody or pampering somebody who's in doubt and unbelief. There will be no good result out of that. The truth is what sets people free. Now, there's a way to say it. You know, you can't just say, you big baby, what's wrong with you? you but you can say it. Huh, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm pointing to somebody, but I'm not going to tell you. Um, but that's not what God says, okay? God says, come on, you can do this. If I be for you, who could be against you? Amen. So when you're in those places, I don't mean to make light of them because I've been in them. And I've given up my hope before, many times. Right there, alone in Tulsa with those three kids. I was hopeless. God told me today that I was to pray for people. And he told me exactly the word, disillusionment. And I'll, and I'll show you how he, what he told me, how people get there. And it's very possible to end in, up in that place. But there's more to your life than what you're experiencing today. Even if it's good today, it's going to get better. Everybody say amen. We have to believe what God says to us. Now, I want to give you this because this was a word that as I was growing in the things of God in that year, I was by myself. Um, it was, it's in Genesis, and it's chapter 18. And it's when... Um, the angel of the Lord comes and speaks to uh, Abraham about Sodom and Gomorrah. And, uh, you know, he, he's very old. Sarah's very old. And uh, it says in verse 18 of chapter 17, I'm sorry. And Abram said to, uh, to God, oh, that 
No, no, this isn't it. I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong chapter. Let me find it. 1813, yeah. 1813. He says, um, it, it, up, 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 it looks like at 11. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old. Everybody say old. Uh, well advanced in age. You know, the other day, my husband and I were somewhere, and he said, you know, I saw a picture of so-and-so. Facebook, you know, sometimes reveals things we don't want revealed. And, uh, and they were having a birthday, and he said, you know, they have really aged. And I just started cracking up. I said, pull down your mirror. <laughs> Me too. Do we look like what we used to think we look like? <laughs> how, many, how many of you know we judge age by the number of years of our birthdays? By the way, you know, Heather's 40 today. She is just beginning. Hallelujah. She's got a whole lot of head. She's back there. And so, you know, birthdays don't mean anything to God because he says, I'm not interested in going by, you know, your age. I'm interested in your faith. I've been told that many times in a very kind way but firm way by God. So the fact that he's old, I believe this is in here for everybody. No matter what your age, God is not done with you. And if he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. And so he says, this is Abraham and Sarah. And so Sarah laughed within herself saying, after I've grown old, shall I have pleasure my Lord being old also? And the Lord said to Abram, why did Sarah laugh? How many of you ever laughed at something you thought God said? <laughs> surely, you know, uh, surely I... Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? And this is the response. Is anything too hard for the Lord? That was God's response. It says here, God's response to her. And then at the appointed time, everybody say the appointed time. I will return to you according to the time of life. So he's telling her exactly when this is going to happen. Amen. And Sarah shall have a son. And then Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, because he said, oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did laugh at me. You laughed because you thought I couldn't do it. But he did. Amen. Everybody said, God will do it. Even if you laugh. Even if you, even if you think that's impossible, God will do it if you'll begin to let your hope rise up in God. And uh, I've, I've, this scripture, I heard a teaching by Glory Copeland years ago, but it was on the power twins, faith and patience. Everybody say faith and patience. And uh, we're in a society today of no patience. I'm, I'm guilty myself. You know, when I go through McDonald's, I'm counting. You know, me, then you, then me, then you. Why are you and you going before me? That means somebody inside didn't do what they're supposed to do because they didn't take the order. You know, I think I might have to go to McDonald's and help them with their, the way they do it. I mean, you just don't know my life. I have been corrected by God. I mean, he told me, you think you're an administrator, I'm going to teach you a whole new way. And he did, and I had to zip my lip. But I still have those thoughts sometimes. <laughs> they resurrect in there, and I have to go, shh, shut up. And so... You know, we don't live in it, and everything's getting faster and faster. Everybody say faster and faster. And it's true. Automation, technology, things in the world today are moving our world very quickly. But, you know, God doesn't change his pace based on all that. God does things in the appointed time. Everybody say appointed time. And we all need to say thank God. Because if we got somewhere we shouldn't be ahead of time, we'd be in such big trouble. Hebrews 6, if you'd put that up, 11 and 12. And then I'm going to tell you here about um, being disillusioned. Faith and patience inherit the promise. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. And then that you do not become sluggish. Everybody say sluggish. Hopeless people become sluggish. You know, they're sitting in their rocking chair telling you this, this is how bad it is. I'm telling you. It's really bad. And it's gotten better, worser, since I've been thinking about it. How many of you know things, when you think about them, do get worser? 
I know that's not a word, but that's what happens to people. James 1, 4 says, let patience, everybody say patience, have her perfect work. Now, that doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect in our sight, but it's mature. Let it come to the fullness of time. Let, let's, you know, wait on the fullness of what God's going to do. And complete, everybody say complete. I believe there's a lot of people in the body of Christ who are shipwrecked because they didn't wait long enough. And they started to do something, and it looked like, okay, this is it. And God didn't say this is it. Somebody just encouraged you, yes, you can. But you got to wait until God says, yes, you can. Amen? And we're to encourage people, but I've had God tell me, don't you enable people, because when they get there, they can't do it. Everybody say, don't enable people. You know, because then they cannot do what God wants them to do. It has to be from the inside out. You know, your strength is is developed by your faith being exercised in what God has told you. And when you start with small things and then you do bigger things, it gets, it's, it gets to be more God than you. Instead of, I did this, you begin to say, I know God did that. I couldn't have done that. Look what God did. What did I do? I believed. I just believed. And so it says lacking nothing. Now, patient means to bear pains or trials calmly. And I love this one, without complaint. It gets so silent when you share some of these things. Uh, steadfast despite opposition. The Bible says we're to be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's what it says in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. So, you know, to be steadfast means that regardless of what's happened, you know, we're going to be calm in that position because we have hope and because we have hope our faith is working and through that our faith increases because it has to everybody say it has to when you persevere your faith will increase because what's happening is you're hanging on to that hope that God promised you you don't see it with your natural eyes but you know it brother Copeland used to say your knower knows your knower knows. There's some things I know, some things I hope, uh, you know, just hope, but they're not, they don't have a foundation. It's just a hope. You know, wishing and hoping and things like that. That's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about like on a solid rock. He is my hope. And that is like a rock on the inside. First um, Peter 1, I want to go to this because I just found this this week. And uh, when I read it, I, it was like, thank you, God. That is exactly, because I didn't know how we get to, to a position where, first of all, we realize we're disillusioned, and then how to get out of there. But uh, this is what it says in First Peter 1, 17 through 19. If you call on the Father who is without partiality, judges according to each one's work, Conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. That's not fearful of God. That means reverence, just knowing how great he is. Knowing that you were not redeemed. Everybody say, I'm redeemed. When Jesus died on Calvary, you became redeemed. Redeemed from what? Redeemed from what the devil had gotten a hold of. And that's his work against your life. You are free. Everybody say, I'm free. But you have to do something to stay there. I mean, it's a free gift. You're, by grace, you're saved. But you have been set free, redeemed from all the bad stuff you've done, all the bad stuff other people have done against you. You are redeemed from the work of the enemy against your life. And that means now you can prosper. Now you can be who God called you to be. Not because of anything you did, what Jesus did on Calvary. So you're redeemed. And that says, not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold. Somebody didn't pay cash for you to be where you are today. The blood of Jesus, that's what did it. From your aimless conduct. Everybody say aimless conduct. And right there, God said to me, that's how people get off. They let go of their hope and they become aimless. Do you know what it means to become aimless? You're not aiming at anything. You don't, you know, you can't fire an arrow and hit the target because you become aimless. 
you know, like when I was by myself that year, uh, I just, I had given up on anything helping me. But Jesus rescued me. Uh, by the mercy of God, I, I became who I became. But I had to say yes. I had to walk through places that were really hard by myself with Jesus and trust him to take care of me and do what he said. If you don't grab hold of that, you, can be, you just become aimless, just wandering. And hopeless people are aimless. They are sitting there thinking, I don't know what's going to happen. How many of you have ever felt like that? I don't know what's going to happen. Whatever will be, will be. Or whatever those thoughts. That's what happens. And when people get hurt, they get crushed. They just become aimless. And when you become aimless, it says you have aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. But with the precious blood of Christ as the lamb, without blemish and without spot, you have been saved. Everybody say, I've been saved. You have been delivered from that kind of a mindset. And so when you receive Christ, um, I don't know about you, but when I prayed the prayer to receive Jesus, uh, my life changed. I don't know why it changed it just changed. I, you know, it wasn't anything anybody did for me, but I began to think about what now can my life be? And I began to read the word. Everybody say, read the word. People put the word in front of me. People talked to me the word. God put me in the word through things that I read, just like this book, Turn Up Your Hope, and things that scripture in Psalm that said, I would have fainted. I would have stayed aimless. I would have had no purpose, no destiny, no nothing, no hope, most of all, if I hadn't have grabbed a hold of Jesus, if I hadn't believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now, why did God give this message today? Because maybe you, you know somebody who's in this place. But this is what I heard. Aimless conduct, that means, um, to aim means to direct toward a mark, uh, or a target, less means reduced or diminished. So an aimless conduct is someone who has nothing to aim at in their life. Now, it may not happen immediately, but how many of you have ever had God speak something? Your hope went up, and then things came that said to you, it won't happen. Maybe not the first time you become aimless, but after two or three times, you become aimless. You become uh, hopeless that this could ever work. The devil loves you in that position because then you become, this is what the Holy Spirit showed me, lethargic. I thought lethargic. So I looked that up. It says, relating to or characterized by laziness or lack of energy. How many of you ever felt like that? I'm too tired. I'm too tired to go to church today. I'm too tired to think about having to get that other job. I'm, I'm too tired. You know, I'm too tired to go get the bus. Surely somebody will come get me. I want to tell you, if you don't have transportation, get you a bus pass and get on the bus. Now, I'll be gone eventually from up here. And you won't have to listen to me, but I'm telling you, truth is truth. And I am tired of seeing, especially young women, because I was one, sitting thinking my life is over because I have three kids and I'm by myself and everybody in the world doesn't care about me. They don't. Get a grip. God does. And there is no excuse no excuse. The devil is the author of excuses, and he will hold you in that place until he kills you and probably your kids with you. Now, I'm just speaking truth here because, I'm, you know, I'm 73. You're probably not going to have to put up with me a whole lot longer. But while I'm here, I am not backing down, especially on this issue. I don't know if I'm going to have to run for office. I think I'm going to send my sister. She wants to be something. She's always, she had four ways to become president. She had her whole platform one day in the car. 
Only I had to tell her what her platform was. She wrote it down. And then she said, okay, I'm ready. I'm going. And then she couldn't find her way to Branson. The Surrey wouldn't talk to her, right? And she gave up right there on everything. <laughs> but, but at least she had hope for like a half hour there while she was going to be the president. I think she was going to be the vice president. She wasn't aiming for the top. But how many of you know it's time to take charge in the spirit realm? We have power. There's prayer here tonight. Pray in your house. Pray, pray, pray. People, come to prayer. Pray, prayer will change things. Everybody say, prayer change things. I didn't say it. God did. And, and believe me, when you're in a position where you're sick and you're hurting and you have things happening, it's a great time to take up prayer. It, just, like, just like Aaron said today, God is not mad at you because you haven't done it right. Just start doing it. Get your hope up in that situation. And so the, the rest of this was indifferent. People who are lethargic are indifferent. Uh, they are apathetic. They're inactive. They're sleepy. And they're sluggish. That's what the devil does to people. Finally, they're just sitting there. And they think they're hoping to get better. But what they're doing is just sitting there. And that's not hoping. Hoping is putting the word in your mouth, speaking the word, saying the word, and maybe doing something that says I'm okay. You know, bless my husband's heart. He may be back in my office, but he, he said, I might come and just listen. I'll just sit in your office. But, you know, he had back surgery. So he can stand and he can lay down really good. Really good. But he didn't want to lay on the platform this morning while I preached. <laughs> But seriously, we, he and I were laughing. You know, it's the getting up and the getting down to sit. And so every time he wants to sit, he's going to go through something. So he has to persevere. So down he goes. Once he's down there, he knows he's got to get up and go through it again because he's got to get back up. That's perseverance. Lethargy will cause you just to stay down. Whatever is easiest. You know, just somebody help me make this easy. And life is not easy in the natural. But Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So which are we going to live by? It's a choice. And then you become disillusioned. The condition of becoming dissatisfied or defeated in expectation or hope. And so then I knew that's what God wants to pray today. I don't know where anybody is here, but it's very easy to become disillusioned because God showed me in an area of my life where um, I'm, I haven't kept my faith going because my hope kind of is kind of like, I don't see anything. But that's not hope. You know, that's letting go. Y you may not be just lying on your couch eating donuts or something but you may be in your spiritual life like you're laying on the couch eating donuts and today's the day to get up because God wants to take your house up you are the temple of the Holy Spirit let's just start there so your house has to come up because this house Victor Christian Center is coming up and if I have to wear things in my ears bless God all of you are coming up with me Let's stand up together. Hallelujah. Listen, God's going on with or without you. I don't mean that like he doesn't care about you. You have an invitation. <laughs> Come and follow me. Now, you may say, boy, she's been a little harsh today. This, my toes have been stepped on. Well, go home, put your feet up, and you'll be better. But right now, we're going to pray. And the same God who gave me this word is going to take care of your situation. If you will say, okay. That's all you have to say to Jesus is, okay. Help me help myself. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every person here. Lord, I thank you the devil is defeated. And all these people standing here today, you have a, you have a wonderful purpose for their life. And it has not been diminished by their choices not the plan and purpose of God now the things in their life may be diminished right now but the plan and purpose has never changed and so I pray right now for every person here 
you may be here today and you don't know Jesus. Well, without Christ, this world will take hold of your life and take you down a path you never wanted to be on. The devil has come to steal, to kill, and destroy. And without the knowledge and the understanding of the truth of the word, you have no weapon. You have no weaponry against evil. If you're here today and that's you and you say, I've never really given my life to Jesus. I know who Jesus is, but I need a relationship. I need someone I can talk to. I need someone who will be with me in those times when I don't know what to do. And maybe you've never, you've never yielded to that uh, call where Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open the door to me, I will come in. The Holy Spirit will help you. It's a promise. God promises and God fulfills his promise. So if that's you, would you just lift your hand? I want to pray for you today before you leave. Anybody? Anybody here? Don't want anybody to leave unless they know where they're going to spend eternity. I see your hand. I see your hand. Anybody else? Anybody else before we pray? I know this would be a big step, but would you come down here with me and let me pray with you? Give him a hand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Father, we just, I, I saw you here Wednesday night, and I want to tell you, God knows about your situation. And he hadn't given up on you. He's got a better way, and I know it looks hopeless because I've heard some of it. But it's not hopeless because Jesus died for you. He loves you. Let's say this together. Father, thank you for Jesus. I need help. Jesus, help me. Yeah, Father, and just stretch your hands out. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Father, we just pray today. What's your name? You're Josh. Yeah. Father, I thank you for Josh. This is Mike. I want you to meet Mike. Mike's been in some of those places, and he knows how hard it can be. Father, in the name of Jesus, Mike, you just pray for Lord, I ask you to come into this man's heart and touch him in a way that he's never been touched before and show him that you are the way of life and that you can do all things. been in the places that this man is and, and you've showed me a new way of life a new path to trust in you to have faith in you and and through that things have just beginning to work in my life and and it will work in his life father if he just trusts in you and seek you in everything that he does Father, I just ask you to, to come into his heart right now and, and have him submit to your will, Lord. Lord, we just thank you today for this word, for this word over this family in Jesus' name. I bind the work of the devil. I take authority over his works against your life. I just feel you need to know that uh, the life you lived too didn't have a lot of love in it. But God's put his love in you. And uh, he, he can be a mother and a father to you. That's what he can be. And you haven't, you haven't had what you need. Right. Just need to give you a hug okay father i thank you in jesus name as a mother and i'm in a grandma i just ask you to let josh know how much he's loved that you love him and the things that he missed from his family
that today you're just you're flooding it in him and he will never be the same Josh you will never be the same today you will never be the same after today because God's doing something supernaturally in your life in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name now if that's you today and you're here and you've got a place where you've become disillusioned you may not want to lift your hand but you need to get it up right now because God's going to touch you right where you are you say that's me there I've that's who I where I'm at I'm disillusioned in my life based on things that have happened to me if that's you just put your hand up I'm going to pray for you right where you are because God loves you just like he loves Josh and I want to tell you this is what's going on in our world this is what's happening in our world I pray for each one of you. If you look around, who's got their hand up? Seriously, right there, right here. Anybody over in this area? Yeah, over here. Back here, Dick. Uh, Rhett, put your hand on your grandpa. Um, Chris. Um, anybody over here? Listen, we are the body of Christ. The body of Christ. <gasps> Ryan. Hi. Oh, it's so good. To say hi, Ryan. Everybody say hi, Ryan. Oh, it's so good to see you, honey. I'm so glad you're here today, huh? Yeah. Oh, praise the Lord. Anybody else over here? Okay. Well, Father, let's all just agree together. The Bible says if we agree, God's God's going to work, and what He preaches, what He says, He's about to do it in your life, Father. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus, did you have your hand up? Okay. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Father, for each hand that's raised, because of the love of God does not disappoint people the hope of God does not disappoint and today in Jesus name healing belongs to you somebody is Thelma around Thelma needs healing in her eyes where's Thelma did she leave in Jesus name we just thank you today for healing and wholeness healing of memories especially healing of memories places where you know maybe you didn't do the right thing or somebody else didn't do the right thing today's the day to let God have that. Nothing that somebody else did or somebody didn't do will ever release you from what you're held by. In Jesus' name, I speak healing and wholeness in the name of Jesus. I thank you. Every work of the devil is stopped in the name of Jesus and life will flow where death has said it has a hold. In Jesus' name, you will live not die declare the works of the Lord and that death is not just physical we can die inside when we finally become so disillusioned everything in us dies God is saying today I am bringing you back to life in Jesus name in a way that you never would have believed God is going to show you in Jesus name and everybody said amen give God praise today let your hopes turn up amen Turn it up, and we'll see you next Wednesday. On Wednesday night, Pastor Bill plans to preach. Hallelujah. And now on Sunday, we'll be back talking about hope. Tonight is prayer, 6 o'clock, right here in the sanctuary. God bless you guys. Have a good week.